Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi friends, happy Thursday or whatever day it is that you may be listening to this. I hope you've had a good day so far and I'm just so glad that you've decided to spend a few minutes of your day with me. So thanks for being here. This is episode 26 of the Health Forward podcast and today we are doing something a little different and something kind of fun. We are going to do a Q&A episode. So a while back, I asked you guys if you had any questions for me or if there was anything in particular you were needing help with, and I've taken all those questions, I've compiled them together, and then a few others that I just feel like I receive kind of on a regular basis. They're just kind of common questions, and so I thought it would be fun to do an episode today where I just answer some of those for you, and if it goes well and you guys like this kind of format, we may make this a more regular thing. So let's just jump right into the questions for today. The first question was, How can I be motivated to cook healthy at home when I'm not a good cook? Well, you know, I think that cooking can be intimidating for a lot of people, whether you grew up in a family where maybe one of your parents were just a really good cook, so you feel like maybe you can never live up to that standard, or maybe it was the opposite and you were just never really taught how to cook. You guys didn't eat a lot at home growing up, and so even just the thought of it feels like intimidating and you don't know where to start, or maybe you're just somewhere in the middle. I think that it's common to kind of have some reservations or hesitations about it, but the good news is that cooking is a skill. It's not really a natural born talent. I think there are probably some people that are a little more gifted in it, Um, but for the most part, I think labeling yourself as just not a good cook Um, I think you just need to add the word yet to the end of that, because I think that it takes practice to feel comfortable in the kitchen and to feel like you kind of know enough to know what you're doing, how to follow a recipe without feeling stressed out, or, um, maybe even getting to the point where you feel like you can veer off from the recipe a little bit, depending on your personality. Some people that even if they are familiar with cooking, that stresses them out. And I get that. But even still, it's it's just a skill that you can work on and become more comfortable with. And so as far as how to feel motivated to do it, I think that it's really a mindset of just acknowledging that cooking your meals at home truly is the healthiest and typically the most cost-effective and really loving way to eat. When you cook for yourself and for your family, you're providing care and love for them and for you. And there's just really something rewarding about that. And I think we all know to a degree that eating is not just purely biological. Like there's also kind of an emotional thing to it. That's why we have memories associated with certain foods or when we're stressed out, we crave certain foods. There's definitely an emotional tie to it. And so from a positive standpoint, taking that time to work on a skill and get more familiar with it and get more comfortable with it. And then to be able to cook at home and prepare meals for yourself and for your family, that's really kind of an active self-care. So 
my suggestion would be for you to not bite off more than you can chew at the start. And yes, the pun intended, um, but begin with, you know, two to three really simple, healthy recipe meal ideas, and then get familiar making those recipes until you feel more comfortable with them, until you feel that you can make them with ease without feeling overwhelmed or stressed out. And then you can slowly add in some new things, whether it's changing up those recipes or starting to do new ones. You know, something like the sausage and sauteed veggie recipe that is in my Easy Healthy Eats recipe guide is a perfect example of this. It calls for very few ingredients. There's not a lot of seasonings. There's not a lot of, you know, it's pretty much just meat and vegetables and you make it all in one skillet. So it's kind of a win-win in being that it's simple, it's fast, and it's not intimidating. So I will link to that in the show notes if you're interested in that. But just something along those lines of not a whole lot of steps, not a whole lot of ingredients, but just simple, healthy, clean ingredients, and then just practice, practice, practice. Okay, the second question was, what are some tips for handling social eating when the event you're at mostly has junk foods and sugar and things like that. So this can be really challenging. (laughs) I think it is helpful to find some balance in these situations. And really, unless you are following a very short-term elimination diet, then I would recommend choosing which of those foods available that you're wanting to eat are maybe look the best to you or maybe are worth it to you. So sometimes when we're looking at eating foods that are kind of less than nutritious, depending on what we have going on with our bodies, if it's certain health goals, or maybe we have certain dysfunctions or issues going on with our bodies where we know certain types of food can negatively affect us, we have to make a conscious decision there if a certain food is worth it or not. And there's really not a wrong answer. That's part of being intuitive and being intentional with your food choices and thinking about kind of how certain foods are going to affect your body. And so If it's something that you know is not going to, you know, land you sick or um, bedridden for days or maybe having zero energy for days and it's just something that you feel is worth it to eat, then, then I think you just make a conscious choice to enjoy that food. I don't think it serves any of us to live in regret or doubt or fear about food. Like that's not the point of trying to live a healthier lifestyle. And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, as a matter of fact, that is more negative probably for our bodies, that stress and guilt and carrying that emotional weight on our bodies. That's probably less healthy than the food. It's also important to note that we can't operate in a mindset of, well, if I'm going to have one bite, then I'm just going to have no boundaries. I'm just going to eat whatever. That's also not healthy either. We need to be conscious and intentional and have some balance in our decisions. The next question is, how can I find time to eat a healthy lunch in the middle of a busy workday? So this is going to look different for you depending on your job and your workday structure. But first, let me just go back and remind you of what I said a minute ago. Uh, 
what and how we eat is a form of self-care and taking care of our bodies. So working through lunch or always defaulting to the drive-thru, it's not only going to have a negative effect on your body's ability to function, but it's also going to have a negative effect on your mental health. There's been a lot of studies that have been done that have shown that when we you know, eat standing up and we're super hurried through it, or we are working through our lunch, or we skip lunch because we're too busy, those all can have a negative effect on our body's ability to be calm and to digest that food and to absorb the nutrients properly. So there's a lot of both mental health and physical health reasons that we need to be more calm and settled when we're eating. And I know that can be really hard to do depending on your job. If you only have 30 minutes for a break or whatever, it can be hard to do that. And so I think knowing your situation and then planning ahead for a healthy lunch is going to be key. And a lot of that has to do with preparing ahead of time. So like meal prep, for example, whether it's leftovers from your dinner the night before, or maybe it's a protein packed salad or bowl of maybe like a burrito bowl or something like that. Taking a few minutes the night before or at the beginning of the week to prepare is going to go a long way in helping you feel like you have healthy options. Also, you want to be sure that whatever you're choosing to eat consists of carbohydrates that are high in fiber, clean protein, and then healthy fat in order to help keep your blood sugar balanced and to prevent the mid-afternoon crash. I know most of us have experienced that where around 2 to 3 o'clock you feel like you need something else, like you're crashing, you're sleepy, you can't think straight, you feel like you need another coffee or something like that. A lot of times that is a result of maybe not eating a balanced enough meal for lunch. One tip that's a great idea to kind of help with this, and this is what I used to do when I was working in an office all day, um, keep some, maybe some nuts like cashews, for example, those are my favorite, at either your desk or in your car, wherever you're going to be throughout most of your day, just in case your lunch choice maybe didn't consist of enough protein and fat. So when you start to feel that crash, um, those are a good option to reach for. Or if you know that what you're eating for lunch maybe is a little higher in the carbs and, and like I said, not enough protein or fat, you can add a couple handfuls of cashews in with your lunch and then maybe that will help prevent that crash from happening in the first place. Just make sure that the cashews are not all you're eating for lunch. Again, you want a balance there. But I think overall, the best tip I can give you for that is just to prepare ahead. You know your schedule, you know um, how much time you're going to have. And so I think just trying to prepare ahead and make it fit your particular situation is probably going to be the best bet for you. Okay, our next question is, um, what is the deal with intermittent fasting? Is it healthy or not? So intermittent fasting is something that people have been doing for a really long time to give their digestive system a break and to promote healing in the body. It has recently become more trendy again, so that's why you're probably hearing more about it, but it's not a new idea. I mean, if you think about it, we're already designed to do this to some degree throughout the night when we're sleeping. 
Some of the issues that we run into, at least in our standard American diet and our lifestyle, is that we stay up way too late and we eat way too late. Ideally, we would all have around a 12-hour, 10 to 12-hour fast between our last meal of the day and then our breakfast the next morning. Our digestive systems really need that break in order to work well. Also, eating too late can really interrupt our sleep patterns, can make it more difficult for us to fall asleep. So this idea of a longer fast through the night is beneficial pretty much overall and for most people. Now, the current trend of intermittent fasting is a little different. It's more like a 12 to 16 hour fasting window with most of those being with most of those hours being overnight. There are some other methods out there that I've seen for intermittent fasting, but I'm not really comfortable personally with any of those, particularly the ones that encourage you to skip entire meals or, or skip entire days of eating unless it's for a very specific purpose and it's done very short term. Personally, I feel that intermittent fasting can be helpful when done correctly. However, I don't believe that it is the best idea for everyone. People, for example, with blood sugar issues, they can benefit from a smaller fasting window overnight, more like the 10, maybe 12 hours, but really not a lot more than that. And I'm definitely not comfortable with them skipping meals. That's the same for people with hormonal imbalance and things like that as well. I think that it's smart that if you are thinking about trying intermittent fasting to go ahead and have a conversation with your doctor before trying it. And if you have a specific health issue, like maybe you're diabetic or you have thyroid issues or, or other hormone imbalance issues to speak with your specialist, your endocrinologist or whoever you're working with closely to kind of just take a minute and hear their concerns and make sure that they are on board with you trying that. Ultimately, we all want our bodies to be in a calm, relaxed state the majority of the time. We've talked before about the fight or flight mode of our nervous system versus the rest and digest mode of our nervous system. And most of the time we want to be in that rest and digest mode. And sometimes when we try things like this, or we find ourselves skipping meals, maybe not even intentionally, that can kind of cause some undue stress in our bodies, kind of wondering where, when our next meal is coming, if it's just not kind of a stable, consistent thing for our bodies to expect food. So we want to be careful about that. Again, I think intermittent fasting can be helpful for a lot of people. I think you just need to be careful about it. You need to talk to your doctor about it and just make sure that we aren't causing stress, that what we are doing is causing our bodies to be less stressed, more calm, and more functioning the way that they need to. Okay, the last question I'm going to answer for today um, was a really good one and it kind of took me by surprise. So the question is, if I, Elena, if I could change one thing about people's understanding of their health, what would it be? So honestly, it kind of, t- I had to really think about it. It was hard for me to choose just one thing, but I think I would want them to know that they can actually make a difference in their health. Things can change and things can improve. I think it's just so easy for us to get into a mindset 
especially after we've received any kind of medical diagnosis, that things just are what they are and there's no alternatives and that they are kind of powerless to affect their own health and affect their situation. And unfortunately, that kind of mindset often cements their reality. When we really, we don't try to change or improve our health because we honestly believe that we can't, but that's just simply not true. We can. Our daily decisions are under our control. And so there are things we can do to positively improve our health. Our bodies were designed to heal, to function, and parts to even regenerate. Our decisions, what we put in our bodies, how we care for our bodies, it makes a difference for the better or for the worst. And I just want people to feel hope and not feel stuck. I want you to know that if you want to improve your health, you can. Well, guys, this has been so fun. I really enjoyed doing this. And if you have any questions you would like for me to answer, leave them in the comments here or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. You can find me by searching for the handle Your Health Forward. And I hope you guys just have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you back here next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.